0: Hello! Good evening, everyone. It's Keisha Henry with Healing of the Heart Podcast. Keisha Henry, I am a licensed psychotherapist. I am a wife and mother. And, and I tell you what, I'm excited about being here on this podcast this evening. And you can hear in the background that I'm starting out with an anthem. Just want to make sure I make this go that this song is not mine. This is Maverick City. So Bear is not my future. So join so in, help me sing. You know I love to
1: sing. Oh, wow. baby, baby.
0: If she's joining us, it's Healing of the Heart podcast. Uh, this is I am uh, I don't know what to I say a professional, excited host to be with you this evening. Uh, it's our podcast talking about a private conversation between a girl and her mother. Obviously, that girl is me. And this is part of the reflection in the Healing of the Heart poetry journal and book and so, poetry. So here's our
1: yes, infantry. Let's take
0: Round of applause for those of you who are joining us. If you continue to follow this podcast, but if you happen to do, I just want to give you a big warm up. Three, and I want us to get going. So, if you're joining us for the first time, and I said us because obviously it's not just me, but we have other persons here on the podcast this evening. And um, by the way, just a couple of um, housekeeping things. If you're wanting to ask questions or to um, join the conversation, just remember to keep your mics or your phones on mute. Uh, but of course, you can continue to listen on a conversation. And of course if you want to send me a message um, you can also put it in the message box um, on the platform so yeah it's a new horizon so welcome to again to healing of the heart you know podcast this is our third episode and if you're joining us for the first time you're probably wondering what this is about i'll share that with you in just a few moments but again i wanted to properly uh, introduce myself again that i am keisha henry i am a licensed uh, psychotherapist I do practice um, in uh, Palm Beach County here, I also, um, Palm Beach County specifically, Green Acres, and also Boca Raton, and I primarily work with women and girls, and our mission at, in our practice, um, which I never gave the name, it's New Beginning Healing Institute, the mission here is to ensure that we believe that every woman and girl deserves a positive self-esteem, and so Why did that? How did that mission come about? That mission came about as a result of the fact that I realized that in my own life that a positive self-esteem is so important to living a fulfilled life and to living the life that really was born in my heart, that was placed in my heart and not so much what others have placed, much like other women have experienced what other persons or circumstances have placed in their hearts, causing them to ultimately have a poor self-esteem and not being able to live a fulfilled life. And so out of, um, you know, my experiences um, that have caused me, I would say more or less to have had, you know, um, those uh, poor, you know, self-esteem and poor, you know, poor way of viewing myself in the world in a sense. And, all you know, out of the experience of other women, you know, having the same, having, you know, walked the same path or journey really have led me to, you know, begin this work. In my life and to continue forward and to help other women and girls to see that they too can do the same and out of doing the work in my life and you know being privileged by so many women and girls um, have come about healing of the heart selected prose and poetry journal um, book and i'm really excited about that and i'll be honest my heart really is to having started this podcast is to really build this community um, for women to really be able to be vulnerable and to you know, to share, you know, their path, their journey, their experiences, you know, that perhaps have not been the best, but they want to do something about that. And and so this is exactly what this podcast is about. And um, again, hoping to really build community around this poetry journal, um, explaining, you know, perhaps, you know, my path. And uh, hopefully that will, I don't know, ignite the conversation for other women to join in. And to see that they too can do something about that, I am a witness every day to a lot of women and girls. You know, many women and girls that I've come across. I'm in mean, the work that I do on a daily basis, and to see how they are so bold, if you will, um, they have finally realized that you know what, I can do something about the negative things or the negative seeds that were planted in my life. I can do something about that now. There's no point in pointing fingers to the past, but you know what? In this very moment, I can do something about that. So that takes me right into what is this podcast? What what this podcast is really, and what it is not. And I always like to just take a few moments here to say what this podcast is not. And by now, if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know I always talk about what it is, and I always, you know, begin with a quote from one of my favorite poets. Uh, Sir Dart Walcott. By now you should know his name because I repeat it so often. So what this this podcast is not, already I gave you background for the reason for this podcast. I gave you a little bit of, you know, um, my own history, if you will, my own story sharing, you know, why this podcast, um, why the book, and why the practice, honestly. And, you know, let me just pause here and say, if you don't have a why for why you're living every day, That can be really dull because you can find yourself in a rut you can find yourself stuck you can find yourself not being in service to others in a meaningful way and when we're not when we find ourselves not being in service to others in a meaningful way it really does cause us to be you know have a dull life it really really causes us to have depression and anxiety and just feel like what's the point what's the purpose and so yeah the why so i continue this podcast to talk about the why Behind Healing of the Heart, Selected Poetry and po- Prose Journal, rather. And also the why for why I do the you know my work every day. And sometimes I usually struggle with the word work because it's not work. This is a pleasure for me because I continue to work out my own life. And I you know support women who are willing to do the same. <clears throat> so speaking about willing to do the same then, what this podcast is not. This podcast is not about judgment. It's not about judging others. And when I say judge, meaning pointing fingers and you know, you know, uh and, and in other words, uh, blaming. And so I like to you know explain the difference between you know judging and you know acknowledging. <clears throat> so it's a judgment-free zone. But before I go on, I don't want to dismiss anyone's feeling, especially women, because we do endure so many things in life. You know from you know, infancy, childhood, adolescent to adulthood, we endure so many things. And so this is not to say that perhaps if you have endured trauma or traumas, including myself, that that is to be dismissed. No, what I am saying though, is we can acknowledge those things. And rather than pointing fingers to you're the reason why I'm this, or you're the reason why I'm that, what I am saying here is the judgment-free zone not to do that any longer, because of course, what that seems to do is to take our power away again and then does not free us to do anything with what we can do in our own lives. So this is a judgment-free zone. And again, that leads me to talk about the fact that we can be curious then. We can be curious about our stories, my story, your stories. We can be curious um, with each other in terms of our experiences. And from there learn, what can I do with what I have? And again, this podcast, um, what it's not, it's not judgment, it's it's a judgment-free zone. Um, it's about curiosity and openness. It's about faith, love, and healing. Pardon. And so that's what we're talking about. You know, I often tell the women that I work with, I say, you know, I have this big dream in my head where we can just have this big, large circle of bonfire of women. And we just sit there and we just talk openly and safely about our past stories and and talk about, you know, um, how we have had to roll up our sleeves, if you will, and you know, the things that we've had to do to work through fear, to work through rejection, you know, to work through abandonment, um, to work through, you know, feeling insecure about ourselves in the world and perhaps even within our own environments and what we've had to do and what we continue to do. So yes, it's about faith, love, and healing. And so then now this takes me to talk about or to really recite uh, Sir Derek Walcott's um, poem or quote, I should say, it says, there's no sense of passing judgment on the past. You see, because no one has been unambiguously right or wrong. It is the collective experience that matters. And I like that. <clears throat> it's the collective experience. So, yes, we've had terrible experiences. But along the way, this, this, this quote suggests to me, then, that there's an exception somewhere. There has to be an exceptional person, someone that has been in your life, someone that really was a beacon of light at some point, you know, so... That's what this podcast is about, and I also summed up what it's not. And I'm going to take a break now just to go back and play a little bit of that song, just to give me a pause and for you to contemplate, you know, um, my, my, my background, really, my history in terms of why this podcast, the why behind the podcast, and for you to kind of digest, you know, not only the whys, but perhaps if you want to continue to participate, understanding what this podcast is and what it's not. And so just a few moments there just to kind of digest that. Maybe you have some questions, maybe you have some feedback for me, maybe you have a comment. But while, while I'm playing the song, perhaps you can take a few moments just to digest that for a minute or two while I play the song. <laughs>
1: You are, you are.
0: For the first time, this is Bisha Henry with Healing Up the Heart Podcast, and I welcome you to episode three, talking about a private conversation between a girl and her mother. And obviously, that girl is me. So what does that have to do tonight? Well, so earlier we were talking about what this podcast is and what this podcast isn't. Why? Because we are very serious about, you know, helping women and girls, you know, really connect to themselves. So when you're better connect to yourself, you can connect to other persons. In order to do that, we do need to work on those things that have caused us so much pain, those things that perhaps still hold us back today. And so that's what healing of the heart poetry, darling, just like the prose and poetry is all about um, in this book. And of course, have basically you know emerge this conversation that I feel deep in my heart that needs to happen, and that we can develop you know a conversation around um, so we can move forward. Um, if you're interested in that, then please remain with this podcast. Um, let me turn this volume down a little bit. Okay, so the topic tonight we're talking about is a conversation between a girl and her mother. But before I get into that, I have a question to ask you. Do you ever wonder <clears throat> what your personality is like? You probably know already what that's what your personality is. You know, perhaps persons that refer to you as maybe shy or you know maybe very you know I don't know abrasive or fearful or anxious or maybe maybe what it is that you you have those things going on in your personality but when you're in front of other persons you tend to put on a different personality you become something else but deep down inside you're fearful you're anxious um, maybe you're avoidant <clears throat> maybe you're really dramatic you know some person say my gosh she's so dramatic she's overbearing she's extra. oh my gosh yeah you know when pe- you know what I find with these personalities is that they don't just come out of nowhere. And I have to tell you, I I do work with, um, you know, I've talked with quite a few women, you know, that have these personalities and some persons share, you know, it's like I I can't seem to keep women friends, you know, or if I go out, I find that I'm the one who, you know, has to just sit back and be quiet or, you know, I have a few friends that, you know, this one in particular, she's always trying to run the show, right? Okay, so, you know, honestly, when, when we look at it, these personalities get in the way, even sometimes at work, you might bump heads with the boss. She might also have a personality, you know, issue going on. The whole point of that is our personalities come out of somewhere, you know, um, we we do not grow up independently, basically. You know, I oftentimes, you know, say, none of us are born knowing, we're born learning. And so where are we learning these personalities from? Where are we getting this way of being from? think about that, you know, um, think about how, as a woman, how you respond to your spouse, you know, are you very combative with it, with your spouse, some, some of us women, we we can be very combative, you know, where does that personality come from, where does the need to always protect yourself come, you know, come from, it comes from somewhere, um, sometimes, and I have to admit, because I'm speaking about myself now, um, in parenting, this stuff shows up not only in your, you know, um, into personal relationships at work or in other settings, perhaps at church, I, I know someone, I don't, I don't talk to women at church, I, I don't trust them, I don't wanna deal with that, or <clears throat> I, I don't feel like I fit in, I don't think I can really run that committee, I don't think, you know. so all of these things, these way of being, these thoughts in our role because that these cognitions that really shape our personality and that really impacts our relationship Where does that come from? I hear some women say, I don't want any female friends. I can't trust them. I hear that quite a bit. And I have to be honest, I was one of those persons. As a matter of fact, when I was growing up, I grew up like really hanging out more with boys than I did with girls. I really felt insecure around girls. I didn't feel like I quite measured up. I really hung around boys a whole lot more. I felt safer with them for some reason. Of course, over time, I understood what that meant. But do you, do you understand what that means for you? Have you have you checked that out? Have you do you have a pulse on that? Even now in your adulthood, who do you find you spend most of your time with? Do you find that you spend most time by yourself? Are you, you know, are you isolating? What are you doing? So what am I saying? Overall, our personalities, um, they shape really our thinking, they shape our actions, um, they shape everything that we do. <clears throat> and so this conversation was between a girl and her mom. It's critical the last time we're talking about a conversation between a girl and her dad obviously that person was me and it did shape my personality because he was absent for so long and for so many years i literally created narratives on my own about him <clears throat> just imagine in infancy and childhood creating narratives around who you think your father is and also trying to balance the narratives that you heard about him that was turmoil it really it really was just imagine the impact that had on my personality, the shaping that had on my self-esteem, the shaping that had on my worldview, right? And the decisions that came out of that. And again, that's where Healing of the Heart Poetry Journal came. I literally wrote a lot about <clears throat> my experiences and um, not just the experiences though, but how I had to engage in my experience. You know, I had to interact to bring about a, a significant change in my life, I can tell you that. So conversations between a girl and her mom and as I mentioned last time you know for some of us it's not daddy issues okay so for a lot of us it is all right it really is and I get really really passionate about this because when I I realized that this is a larger problem than most people care to admit you know not having a father in your life early and don't get me wrong yes there's uncles you know there are other influential persons that really have impact but you know when you know that there's a father there that was never you know involved you question that and for some of us women we're very angry about that very angry um we feel like we just feel left you know um feel unheard feel misunderstood and unfortunately these parts they become a part of us and um they shape our personality Uh, to the point where some of us become very abrasive in our personality some persons are very abrasive with their spouses but if they do have one um and so all of this again they come from somewhere because none of us grow up independently we have environments and interactions that really have large shaping on the persons that we become but remember there's still hope you can become something new if should you choose so pause i asked a question earlier so where do our personalities come from? So pause, I have to share with you that our personalities has a lot to do with what we call um, the emotional tone. Yeah, the emotional tone. What's, the, what's your emotional tone when you speak to your kids? You know, what is that? Um, you know, is it aggressive? Is it dismissive? Is it just, um, you know, you do as I say, not as I do? What, what is your emotional tone um, with, with your children? Uh, what's your emotional tone with your with your friends um, in in different settings that I mentioned earlier? <clears throat> and more importantly, what's your emotional tone with yourself? Because remember, you know how we are on the inside, that's how we talk to ourselves. And of course, it's gonna eventually show up in how we talk to other persons around us. So that shaping really takes place early. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Send me a message. So tell me, what what is your emotional tone when you communicate to others? Well, what is your emotional tone when you communicate with yourself, rather? So I don't know. What do you think? So, but I have some answers for you. How about this? So it's very clear, right? I'm not trying to get too sciencey on on you guys tonight. Um, But when you take a look at it as babies, and this really was very profound for me. As babies, our personalities are not only genetic, obviously, we're born with, you know, certain genetic components that make up from our parents. But when we get into the environment, remember, so we're born learning. So it's nature versus nurture. Okay, so our parents, if our parents are not able to tolerate, you know, our emotions and our emotional reactions, then that right there also shapes how we respond to them and how we respond to others as we continue to grow. So let me, let me break that down again. <clears throat> so basically, you know, our parents, their emotional tone, how they are with their emotions. So, what, so then it begs the question, what did they learn about emotional, um, emotional and social display? Um, how did they learn to handle their emotions when they're angry, upset, or mad, or sad? I don't know. What kind of parents do you have? And, I, and this is why that's going to take me right into the conversation between a girl and her mom. So what does that look like for you growing up? So a baby's, a baby's temperament or a way of being happens to be the fit between that baby's temperament and the personality of that parent or caregiver or caregivers. That is profound, isn't it? That's amazing. So if I have this boisterous personality and, and my parents have a boisterous personality, can you imagine how that's going to turn out? Boisterous to boisterous, you know, abrasive to abrasive. That's not gonna be good. How about this other example? You have a parent that's very dismissive. They're not really consistent <clears throat> in terms of how they're responding to your emotional needs. Or maybe the baby is not abrasive. Maybe the baby's just basically, you know, very quiet, very docile. And, you know, um, the the caregiver perhaps have a different personality. So once again, you can give different scenarios around this, by the way. But just, just think about that. Think about what your personality is, you know, growing up. What is it now? What was it? you know so basically what whatever your personality turned out to be you just it just wasn't dropped in your lap it really wasn't you know just think about it when you're growing up in a living room did your parents talk to you a lot did they acknowledge you or you just sat there in silence I don't know what was it like when you came home from school did you say what your day was about did you get asked what your day was about and if you try to share i don't know did you get a response or were you shut down who knows right again just being curious i ask these questions because i want you to ask yourself questions you know remember when you when you first first rode your bike who taught you how to ride that bike how how was that taught to you uh, was it in a very calm manner you know because uh, was it really you know <clears throat> impatient manner you know what, what what went into all of that when you first tied your shooling, were you taught in a calm manner or were you rushed to to, to learn how to tie your shoelace you know i mean these are very small interactions that really feed into the shaping of your personality and the kind of self-esteem that you come away with <clears throat> and the kind of person that you end up becoming and the kind of parent you end up becoming and if you're like me you know um that was done i, ha- I was a parent early in my life so just imagine right the shaping that took place having an having an absentee father not really being sure about my self-esteem not really being sure about my identity as a girl because yes girls between the ages of three to six that's a very critical time for a father and her daughter if you notice do not time a girl really covets the time with her father if if you know when when you, you notice a girl basically will fight for time between mom and dad she'll basically be fighting mom off and want to spend more time with dad why because that's a natural thing to happen in in a child's development <clears throat> it's a time when a father is cementing a girl's identity and her sexuality to be honest i mean that's just science right so when you don't have a father there in a home to do that it's kind of critical it really is so that's all feeding into the shaping of a personality the shaping of your self esteem the shaping of social skills you know remember i talked earlier about that, you know, that emotional tone. That emotional tone is gonna to show up socially um, as you matriculate through your years. And so that's really important, how that will affect the kind of woman that you and I become. And that's the reason why I'm so passionate about that, because it, it does matter. <clears throat> there was a psych, no, I think not a psychologist, it a doctor, a medical doctor, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, he said that germs are things, but also thoughts are things. Because they shaping these interactions, you know, doesn't matter how subtle or how overt, basically they become things in our minds and they do shape our personality, they do shape what we think and what we do. Right. So I don't know. What do you think about that? This is a time where I'm hoping that you're thinking about some of the examples I've given in terms of like when you were growing up, you know, what was it like when you came home from school? Um, Who helped you? You know, who taught you how to tie your lace? I don't know. Um, did you ever speak about what your day was like? Um, what was the interaction like between your, your dad between the ages of three and six? You know, was it a warm one? Um, was it one um, that allowed you to be yourself? Were you allowed to display your emotions, whatever they were, um, were they received or perhaps, you know, were they shunned to say, well, you know, why are you crying? You know, or boys, don't, boys are not supposed to cry. You know, that's another issue, you know, so. Again, what were your interactions coming up? And again, we're not looking to blame. We're looking to understand. We're looking to understand who we are now today. You know, looking at our relationships, you know, are, are you having successful relationships? Are you having successful parent-child relationships? Again, I often talk about that piece too because I recognize my own deficit, you know, being a, a teen mom, um, missing out on, you know, years with my own dad. Um, missing out on critical social and emotional development, um, which was passed on. I passed that on, you know, into my parenting, obviously, and I've had to work through that. This is why I get so excited. I get so worked up over this because I see it every day in the community of women that I talk with and that I work with. And, you know, I love the fact that we can be honest today. You know, we can, we don't have to, put on these nice suits and go to work like we're perfect, that's not going to work because the outcome is going to be there and you're not going to be happy. You don't wanna be 60, 70 and 80 saying, oh my goodness, I have this thing that I wanna get rid of. I don't wanna die with this or I need to resolve this. You know, I have to share when I was working, when I was doing my internship in a particular hospital, I won't say where, but I remember I walked into a woman's room. This is when I was brand new to this work. And uh, there's a woman there. She was she was very ill. She was, you know, terminal ill, terminally ill rather. And um, I, she, her relatives were coming down, and um, she had difficulty with understanding. Or I think it was she was informed that her daughter was here to visit. She instantly became upset. I, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it because I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, well, your her daughter's here. But then as time went on, I was talking to her, and I realized more and more. That she had unresolved parent-child relationship issues. And she just did not in her in her last stages of life, she did not want to deal with that. And I'm thinking, so fast forward, I'm like, now I understand. I understand that. You know, to say these are things she she has these emotions followed up, right? So obviously she has some emotional pain there and doesn't know how to deal with her emotions as it relates to her adult child. And that didn't happen overnight because I imagine if she's not able to do that then. Where did this come from? Where did it come from where you don't know how to handle your emotions? Well, and a lot of times as parents, you know, we pass that on to our kids. We don't know how to readily or, you know, to deal with our own emotions. We call that, you know, emotional regulation. We don't know how to do that. And so we don't know how to help our kids to manage their own. And unfortunately, if we don't do that, we are also helping to wreck their self esteem and also to help wreck their future relationships. And so I get really passionate about that in my own life because that's where it starts. And then helping other women to see that they can change this. They don't have to wait to, till they're way up in their, in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. And certainly, they don't want to pass it on to their children. So I get really excited about that. It, it's really nice to hear when, when women say, hey, you know what? I talked about this thing at work today. Or I was able to share with my husband what we talked about today. Oh, you know, my daughter and I, we talked about this after. Yeah, this is it. You know, this is it. This is exactly what it's about. And as I said earlier, you know, it's my hope one day that we can just sit around a bonfire and, take, and talk openly about these things, right? About where we've come from, the things that we've endured and struggled with. But gee, you know, look at where I am today. I don't know. Speaking of bonfire, I, this is a good time to share. Um, that we do have the women's um, collective group it's a it's it's an open group it's a free group this group is without charge and it's through the NBHI community new beginning healing Institute. you can go to the website and check out our next upcoming um, group it's we're going to have the next venue is going to be at I always get this mixed up at the beach in Singer Island I think it's John MacArthur Park that's the beach we're going to be meeting there but for more information, you can go to um, the website, NBHILOC.org, and um, check out the event. Um, and click on events. You can see the link there that you can find more information and enroll. <clears throat> Why am I sharing that? I'm sharing that because, again, there are a lot of women that think like me out there and think just like you. You know, they want to have connection. They want to develop honest relationship. They want to find other women that have gone through similar things that actually want to grow and build a community. They actually just want to be real. There there are a lot of women out here that want to be real. You know, they don't necessarily want to go to uh, a suit and tie function or a black tie function to do this. They just really just want to let their, you know, the hair down and sit down and just talk honestly and be be able to begin to, you know, build relationships that are meaningful to them and that can elevate, you know, their lives. So let me just pause and I'm going to play some more music when I come back. I want to now get into a private conversation between a girl and her mother with the understanding of what we just spoke about, meaning how personalities are shaped, how absentee moms and and dads, how parents who do not know how to properly regulate their own emotions tend to their children, and how that takes shaping in a woman's self-esteem and how that really affects her life in, in the moment today. So I'm gonna pause now, I'm gonna play some more music. Let's pause. And while we're pausing, again, I want you to be thinking about what we just talked about. Perhaps thinking about your own experiences and, um, and perhaps what you want to do with that if that's still a concern for you today. so I'm back. So what did you come up with? Oh my goodness. I don't know. What did you come up with? What did you think about? I hope you, I hope you are thinking about those questions that I asked earlier. Maybe you've come up with your own questions. I don't know. You know, sometimes in the work that I do, um, when I talk about these sensitive topics <clears throat> and some of the women will come back and say, you know, after our conversation, I actually went and spoke to my mom or I went and spoke to my dad or, you know, like I have this sister that I just need to kind of you know, clear this thing up with, and and how beautiful that is, because that's the whole point of, of this work, it's the whole point of our life, is to have purpose, to be in service to ourselves and others, you know, so when I hear these, um, the feedback come back about, well, you know, when I had this conversation, then, then that's what it's about, you know, it's helping women to can better connect to themselves, so they can better connect to the persons in their lives that are meaningful to them, and so they can have meaningful relationships, you know. I really love that. I really, really, really love that. It's beautiful because then we can change our families. You know, really, we can change our families. Um, <clears throat> we can change our relationships with our, with our spouse, with our children, um, and with our friends, um, and with our neighbors. I mean, we take that for granted so much, I think. Me first. All right, so let's talk about the conversation between a girl and her mom. So earlier, you know, I, as I said before, you know, for some of us, it's, you know, it's not daddy issues, it's mama issues or both, you know, and um, I have a little bit of both. But remember, let me just underscore here. This is not about blaming. This is about, you know, understanding. So what can we understand? Let me just give a little bit of um, I always try to give education. I did give some education earlier in our conversation, and I think it's helpful to do that because while we're talking passionately about our lives and our stories, we do need balance. We need to balance because without balance, then you know there is no growth. So it's not all or nothing. I always talk about that. If it's all or nothing, all or nothing, then it's you really you have no chance to leverage, you have no chance to pivot. So it's not all or nothing here. So why why do we talk about mama and daddy issues? Well, because so here's the education piece before I get into the conversation about you know between a girl and her mother, right? So Self implies that there's someone else there, you know, when you're growing up, as I said earlier, no one is, you know, born um, knowing anything. We're born learning. And so we do not grow up independently. You know, we have interactions and, you know, we have input, a lot of input. And I have to be honest, some of that input, I dare to say a lot of that input is inaccurate. It is very oppressive and it's not helpful or lack thereof can be the same. So self implies others, so this other then right, becomes the object of what we need, okay? The object, so that object can be mom or dad, and this topic tonight happens to be mom. So a mother, right, her role primarily, if you're a mom and you're listening, you understand that our role then is to be one that is sustaining and maintaining of the self. Who is that self? That person, right, that child, that boy, that girl, okay? So, so the, you know, we, we, you and I, as, so let's go back to when we are little girls, okay? So we're the self and, of course, the caregiver, the mom and dad, both, but primarily mom because traditionally, I don't like that word, but, you know, traditionally, you know, moms are the primary, mothers are the primary caregivers, okay? So they are, they are the object, then, of ourselves. And so typically, mom, then, is supposed to do things, <clears throat> that will help to evoke and sustain ourself. So I like the word evoke, that's a fancy word. But evoke means to bring about, to elicit, you know, to draw out. So basically putting things, developing them, to draw them out so we can become good sense of self, so we can have that proper sense of self. I, I like there's a word, um, there are a few words in our literature we call that an inherited constitution. So we have something inherited in us that needs to be developed and primarily moms get to do that and so sustain so by doing those things then we're able to be sustained and we develop and we grow up hopefully having a positive sense of self because remember that your identity my identity is psychological right and it's cultural okay so these are the input the input the cultural and the cultural piece is so big and we won't have time for that tonight but I just want to give a quick overview as to how the self is maintained. The self is maintained um, by the input of the object or the objects, okay? Which has what happens to be our mom and our dad. So, did you get that? Did you did you really understand? You know the, how the importance of the things that are put into our in our in our brain into our what I call our computer that really gives us a good sense of self. <clears throat> Do we understand that? So it's a big deal. So self really implies others. It's no wonder then, right, that if we don't get good material to go inside, then we're always seeking for that. And that seeking then causes us to have this poor self-esteem, this poor image, you know, this way of comparing yourself to others. Why? Because it was missing. And so this emptiness going on inside, and we seem to just lug it with us. We just lug it around with us. And before you know it, this lugging around really, really shapes everything else that we do, everything else that we do, our relationships. I mean, the spouse that we choose or we allow them to choose us. I mean, when we have our children, you know, how we, this lugging around of a poor self-esteem and all the input that went in, I mean, we lug that around and. Basically, we actually use that in how we parent. And again, I often talk about myself first, you know, because obviously what we're lugging around are deficits. They're not pluses, they're not positives. What they actually do is take away from you and our other relationships, which is why we end up feeling so unfulfilled and so unhappy. So that takes me right into the conversation, you know, with between a girl and a mom. So yeah, you know, Earlier, I said to you before. So, do you know what your mom's emotional um, language is, or how she communicates? I think you have a good idea. I think you do. Um, I think you can, pr- you know, pretty much gauge that by the way she interacted with you over the years. I don't know, and maybe it has changed for you. Maybe for some of you, it hasn't. <clears throat> but I tell you what, in my in the Healing of the Heart Poetry Journal, uh, you know, the intro talks about. You know, again, given more, you know, background to um, how this book came about. So I'm going to share some of that right now. So my mom, you know, my mom, I have a twin. My mom uh, immigrated to the United States when I was about six or seven. Now, if you were listening earlier, remember between three and ages, three and six is a critical time for a girl. My dad was never there. So, you know, my worldview is already contaminated from that time. And so mom left at seven years old. So my mom left at another critical time, wherein her influence was pretty much null and void for the next five or six years. So, you know, and I'll be honest, I primarily was raised by my grandmother. I love her very much. God bless her. I have to say, remember how I talked about the exception? She was the exception, okay? She was the exception. She's someone that she nicknamed me Paquito, which is small because I'm tiny. But she nicknamed me that, and I have to tell you, She was a one person that really made me feel special. I have to tell you, she really made me feel like I was somebody because I, to be honest, I did not feel that way. One, because my worldview was different. Learning certain narratives about, you know, who my father was and he wasn't there. So, you know, between the narratives and trying to figure out why he wasn't there. I have to tell you, a healthy self-esteem is not something that I embarked upon as a child. And so my mom left at a critical time at age of seven. I did not I did not reunite with my mom until I was 12 or 13 years old. So you figure from seven to 12, that's a very critical time. I mean, in adolescent years, um, social and emotional skills definitely um, misunderstood. Social and emotional skills definitely did not get to be expressed. And when it was expressed, you know, again, not blaming, just learning, not understanding. You know, when I look back, those persons that I was in care of, they, they too had their lives going on. They did not know how to properly handle my emotions. And you know what? This is the conversation that I had with my mom. And you know, some of those things, she this is one of the things that she said, I did not know better. I did not understand. You know, um, when I asked her, so tell me, why did you come to the United States? You are a midwife. You are very well-educated. Um, you were living to me in, in my mind's eyes a child, you were doing just fine. Why did you come here? And her, her reply was, I thought I was doing the right thing because I want a better life for my children. And I said, Better how? She did not have an answer. She says, just better. And so, you know, it, it's it's interesting to talk, to ask your parents. And like many of the women I, I talk with, they also go back and ask um their parents why. This is the moment where we get to go back and reauthor our stories. Because remember, as children, we're growing up, we're not sophisticated. We don't understand a lot of narratives. We don't understand. We just don't get that. <clears throat> and the caregivers that are in place, they are not aware that we need that. Some of them just not. In my experience, it was that was the case. It was just like over their head. You know, they had their own children, their own families, and they're doing their own thing, you know, really granting my mom a favor, basically looking out for her children Why, while she's trying to make and forge a life. Why? Because my dad was not there. So these are some of the things that, you know, we have to ask questions. What, what was the driving force behind my parents' decision? If your parents are still alive, maybe this is a chance you can ask them. I don't know if, if it's possible. But even if you don't get to ask them, I think it's still important to be able to ask yourself, what are some reasons, what are some possibilities there that actually, what was that drive or did, you know, that drove their decision to do this? And, and you know, perhaps you won't get answers, but at least you can explore these questions to say, you know what, hmm, possibly this, maybe that. Because obviously, we don't know everything. We don't know a lot then, right? But we can have better understanding now. So let's continue the conversation between a girl and her mom. So a lot of things that I asked her, most of the responses were, I didn't know, I didn't understand that. I didn't know better. Or I just didn't know what to do about that. Now, again, like in my last conversation, some of, some of the replies I did not like. In fact, I remember I asked uh, particularly about, um, there was a time in the book, you're going to read one of the poems, when I talked about, you know, broken but not buried. One of those, um, that in that poetry, it, you know, really it was a reflection of when I was, I was 11 years old. And I was boarded out. I was boarded out to to live with a friend of hers um, from my family of origin. And <clears throat> when I asked why that took place, she said because they felt like it, it was almost like I was unhappy, and I was uh, in 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 our in our in our colloquially I was feisty, I was rude. You know, I used to back talk a lot. Yeah, my personality was pretty abrasive, right? Um, and, and she said that was the reason. Now, when you read that poem, Broken But Not Buried, I didn't quite understand that. I did not understand. Remember, coming up with that, a father, not having any understanding about the narratives where he's concerned, and then my mom left. Um, it, it was a whirlwind, it really was. I clearly did not understand myself. Clearly, I was confused about my own identity. And I have to tell you, I didn't know what I was good at. I, I, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I was going to become. I promised. I remember my grandmother saying to me, Oh, you're going to be a lawyer one day. That's all I heard. I never dreamed for myself what I wanted to be or what I could become. I just, the, the belief was not there. It just wasn't. You know, in another poem in the book, um, titled Living in Their Shadows, you know, I was living in, in their shadows. I was living in the shadow of what other persons told me I should be or that I wasn't going to be. And I heard a lot of that, right? But here's the deal. The conversation between my mom and I was pivotal because I also saw some reflections of something that I sensed as a child growing up too, wherein she herself didn't know how to deal with her emotions. And then upon talking to her, I understood where that came from. And in one of our conversations, she did not reply to something I asked, Oh, I think I did ask her about the, the narratives, the narrative around uh, my birth or conception, rather, my brother and I. And I and I, I, I repeated to her what, what was said to us. <clears throat> and she said, you know, it was not my wish for you guys to learn that then. But she says, I did tell you and your brother when you're 13. And I said to her, you know, you know, mom, I really wish you didn't wouldn't have told us that at 13 or 14. And her reply was i really thought you guys could handle that so once again my mom did not fully understand that that kind of information is not something that we need to hear at that particular time and when i spoke to her further she said you know what now that we're talking about it i really told you guys because i told you because it was for me to release so there it is again with you know parents not able to deal with their emotions in a proper way in a particular time because they too have deficits. And again, upon talking further about it to her, she says, I just didn't know better. I just, I was upset about things and that's what I said. And that's when I shared it, she says, in hindsight, I did not know that that would have been so harmful or hurtful to you or to, or to, or, or to your sibling. She says, but again, in that moment, that's, that's the best I knew to do because I was bothered by, you know, circumstances. I said, okay. And from that conversation as the conversation progressed I listened to her and then there's some parts of the conversation that she did not answer and I I said to her you know what I just noticed I noticed this I noticed that I have some of your ways Remember I said earlier about personality shaping and how the social tone right is a fit between the temperament of the child and the caregiver so yeah we learn we learn these way of being uh, <clears throat> these ways of being with our parents and I said, mom, I noticed that you didn't answer this part and you just, you just deflected and dismissed. And I said, you know what? I realized I used to do the same thing to my girls, especially my 16 year old. Um, and my, she, you know what she calls it? She says, mom, you just straight up just dissed me. I'm like, well, what do you mean? She says, you didn't answer the question. And you know, I have been called on that many times. In fact, my husband has said, you know, Keisha, you know what, you need to be a little more connective you need to really answer more in depth or just just put aside what you think they're thinking about your put aside you know the need that you know you need to protect yourself once again trying to protect trying to protect and i said mom i realized something i learned this from you i learned how to deflect and not deal with the underlying emotion at hand and she said i didn't know i was doing that and she said to me you know what She was being funny, but I know she meant it. She said, I can see where your education is speaking to me. You're speaking to me like you're talking to someone at work. I said, oh my, I didn't mean it. She said, no, 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 no. I don't mean it in a bad way. I just simply mean that I understand where you're coming from. I needed that. I needed to hear that from her. But just to see, I thought it was a powerful time to understand. It really was a, a nice way of rounding out what I've always felt, but putting the, the pieces to the, of the puzzle together, understanding my history, understanding the lack of information, understand the confusion, understand the shaping of my personality from an absentee father, understand the shaping of my personality from my mom's own emotional regulation or not, okay? And how really, how that fed into my own insecurities. Basically, I just did not have a clear picture and how many of us women do not have a clear picture? We don't. We don't. We have a lot of confusion. We have a lot of disconnects. And these are the parts of our lives that we need to work out. These are the parts. And unfortunately, some of our, some of us were in families of origin that constantly reinforce, reinforce these old ways of being. They reinforce us being powerless. They reinforce us being whatever it was that you were growing up with. <clears throat> they reinforce you, uh, being, oh, you're acting out or, you know, it's just you or it's just this. Some of some of our environments really reinforce that. And unfortunately, a lot of them are not aware that they're doing that. But you are now aware. This is why this conversation is so important. And we're going to continue to have more conversations around that. You know, this piece about understanding who you are, clearing this stuff up, re- engaging in your own history. I really invite you to engage in your own narratives. You know, it's hard to do it, guys. I know. I have gone through this on my own. I have to tell you again, had I not gone through that, I don't see how effective I would have been or I am in this work. You can't. It's impossible. So think about that. You might not be sitting in a therapist's chair, but you're sitting in a chair of a mom or, or of a caregiver to your children, to other persons. And if you don't work on these things, you will not be effective to yourself or to others. And why, why carry that forward? Why carry that forward? I'm gonna pause here. It is now oh my gosh, we're almost an hour in, we're almost out of time. But I wanna to read to you um the poem from the poetry book, and the title is True Healing Is Not Blame. But before I do that, I wanna play one more time. Um, you know, Fear Is Not My Future. Here we go. Hi. back so now i want to read to you and i you know i usually just read parts of it but tonight i feel the need to read the entire um poem true healing is not blaming because it isn't you know once we once we are intentional about healing you know the opportunity then appears it presents itself for us to be more curious and we can move away from blaming to healing and so here is um the poem true healing is not blaming We're all on this road towards healing. Each of us have to be determined to take this journey. The man at the pool of Bethsaida blame others for his palsy, his condition, his present and his future, forgetting his purpose, his desire, his will. Before he knows it, it's eternity. True healing is not blaming. So it is with many of us. We define ourselves and our problems in relationship to others, forfeiting our powers talents gifts the present and what is really ours treasures this moment this very hour true healing is not blaming we consecrate the temporary as if it's permanent like memoirs these past hurts and scars notice the ocean with its capacity for infinite renewal the surface is never the same so it is there is space and time for you to change true healing is not blaming I thank you so much. It is 8:55. You have been wonderful tonight. Thank you for joining this conversation um, with Healing of the Heart, uh, Selected Prose and Poetry Journal podcast. Really, you know, sharing, um, you know, my heart about um, the need for us to really connect better to ourselves um, and to each other. You know, building conversation about the need for women really to just go deeper further so we can continue to grow and become better, better moms, you know, better wives, better sisters, better whatever was born in our hearts to do. So thank you for being here tonight. And I look forward to seeing you. um, The next podcast will be in two weeks. And um, that that topic is going to be go ahead and wear that red lipstick. I'm excited about that. Uh, We're going to talk more about, you know, building um, more secure lives and more secure hearts moving away from insecurities so you can go ahead and wear that red lipstick I can't wait to talk about that thank you so much for joining me you have a lovely evening guys bye and let's rock out with our song and uh, here we go